Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. Hey, podcast listeners. I have a story for you today about what is possible in your business. And more specifically, it's about a client of mine who went from making 100K annually in 2019 to just recently offering a proposal worth up to if not more than $550,000. And I'll get into the specifics of the story in just a minute. But I tell you this story because so often the thing I hear from my clients is that one of the reasons they wanted help working together was that they knew that bigger was possible in their businesses, but they didn't necessarily know how to get there. And they knew that other people, other CPAs, were making this transition from billing by the hour and overworking and always focused on deliverables and compliance to getting out of compliance primarily and really shifting into delivering high value. They knew that others were doing it, but they didn't really know that they themselves could do it. And one of my clients recently said to me, you help me understand what thinking bigger actually looks like. So this is the story of a client I worked with a year ago, and she too was stuck in a typical accounting rut of work, 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 deliver, 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 and had topped out in terms of how many hours a week she could work, right? She was already working 40 hours a week, most weeks working 60 hours a week during tax time. And her income had plateaued and she had plenty of experience, 10, 15 years of experience as a CPA. She knew what she was doing. She was great at what she did, but she was just stuck at this plateau and couldn't figure out how to get beyond it. And she said, okay, I need help. Will you work with me? And let's get this figured out. I want to be working 25 hours a week and I want to be making $250,000 a year. And I said, yes, and $500,000 a year. There's no reason you can't be making that. It might take 18 or 24 months, but there's no reason that you can't be making that kind of money working 25 hours a week. So we did the same things that I do with a lot of my clients, which is really understanding who your best clients are, 
understanding deeply what it is that they want, and then thinking beyond simply what they say they want and helping them get their businesses to the next level and playing a part on their team of helping them reach their financial goals, all while doing everything that CPAs usually do, which includes, of course, minimizing tax payments. And what we found when we dug in was that she really enjoyed and did her best work for business owners in the solar panel industry. Now, you may or may not follow the solar panel industry at all, but in short, at the federal level, regulations are often either changing or threatening to change, and same at the state level, which creates a certain amount of uncertainty, which impacts business growth and it impacts tax savings or not. So there's a lot to keep track of as a CPA, and for her, making sure that her prospects were taking advantage of all of the possible tax savings and credits, as well as keeping her clients abreast of possible changes at the federal and at the state level, was of huge value to her clients. So her business headed in this direction, and she began to acquire more clients with solar panels and started to focus on this vertical or on this niche. And then it became tax season and then it became COVID and things got crazy. So we put things on pause. But then last week, my phone rang and she said, Geraldine, I have this huge proposal that I'm putting together. Will you look at it? And I said, sure, send it over. I'll have a look at it. And she said, can we jump on video? Because I want to see the look on your face when you see the number that I'm proposing. And I thought, okay, sure, no problem. So we jump on video. I'm looking at the proposal and I'm going through it, going through it. And I get to the end. And she must see that the look on my face is kind of plain. And she says, so nothing in there shocked you? And I said, no, why? What was I supposed to see? And she said, that number is way more than I feel comfortable charging. And I thought, huh, well, that's really interesting because what you've told me is that you might save this client anywhere from 2 to $12 million over 10 years in this business. And she said, yes. And I said, okay, so if you're going to save them $12 million potentially, if not even more, if growth is strong, $200,000 doesn't seem like a lot to me. In fact, I think you may be selling yourself short. So we put some more time on our calendars to really dig into this proposal and see how we could adjust it to make it as strong a case as possible and really tie the value that she was going to provide to the investment that the prospect was going to make. Because what I noticed about the proposal was that it was stuffed with deliverables, things like agenda items and outlines and how often we were going to meet and for how long and who was going to take minutes and things like that. And what it did was obfuscate the value that my client was potentially going to provide to her prospect. So we really had to dig in here and figure out What exactly was going on inside the proposal? What were the mechanisms that were going to make it super valuable? How do we present those clearly? And how do we tie the investment to that in a way that is simple and clean and makes sense to the prospect? So that the prospect isn't sitting there scratching their heads going, I don't get it. These different ways of working with you don't make any sense to me. And I don't understand which one makes the most sense for the outcomes that I'm looking for. And what was noticeably absent from the proposal was the actual range of value that the client would potentially be able to provide to the prospect based on different scenarios and outcomes of growth and changes in tax law. And fundamentally, that's where the real value was, but it was absent from the proposal. 
So we had to figure out a way to pull that in without it being an entire table full of confusing numbers. Once we were able to pull those ranges of savings in, then it became really clear what were some of the ways that the prospect might want to work with my client to achieve those outcomes. And there were two primary ways that it would make sense for the prospect to work with my client. One of them was to simply do the work around tax savings. And the other one was to do the work around what happens at the time of sale. The first one, of course, is ongoing annually. The second one happens one time. So we built two possible ways of working together, one at 250K for the first year plus 75K ongoing, and the other one at 150K for the first year plus 75K annually ongoing until the time of sale. Now, it made the most sense for the prospect to take the first option. So we priced it so that that would be the more attractive option. But in either case, the prospect would still get a great deal. And in either case, my client would still be doing high margin work. So both client and prospect walk away from the table knowing that they both got a great deal. We also though wanted to include a lower dollar investment just in case the prospect was a little bit scared off. But really this was also because my client was nervous about her own pricing. So what we offered was a retainer for access at any time, simply for expertise, for $50,000 a year, while the prospect keeps his own CPA. This was a lower dollar offer. The prospect potentially wins because he gets access to the expertise, doesn't necessarily have to switch CPAs. My client wins because she doesn't have to lift a finger. She just provides expertise and probably has a few meetings and phone calls throughout the year. And she still helps the prospect save probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. While it seemed like a reasonably good deal and it was less expensive, it also kind of made no sense, right? Like why would you have a CPA and another CPA and have to have two interactions with two different sets of people and have to make sure that your two different CPAs were talking to each other and that they were actually understanding each other and everything got implemented correctly. So on the one hand, it was a lower dollar offer to kind of make either my client and potentially the prospect feel a little bit more comfortable. But in the end, it was a little bit of a decoy just to have something in there as a lower dollar option. We didn't really think that the prospect would go for it. What I also suggested we include was a higher dollar offer a sort of deluxe or premium offer that could potentially be a really great deal under certain circumstances. And given what the prospect knows, he might just go for it. And we did that for a couple of reasons. One of them is you never know what your prospect is going to go for. You might as well put something out there that's a high dollar offer because you don't know what their limits are. So why not see if they take you up on it? And the second reason was that we wanted to anchor something at a higher price so that by comparison, the two options in the middle, the ones we really thought the prospect would go for, were less expensive. So that top end premium option was 550K, payable upfront in one lump sum, all necessary work and changes to be completed all the way through to the sale of the business. 
If the prospect went for it, it was a great deal for my client. She has all the payment upfront and now she can simply focus on serving the needs of her client. Option two ended up being $250,000 for the first year, $75,000 ongoing annually. And option three was $150,000 and $75,000 ongoing annually. So it really depended on how long the prospect thought they were going to own their business. And if they thought they might own it for longer than five years, it was going to be a better deal. They might as well take the upfront payment. But if they weren't sure and they thought they might get out in two or three years, it was probably better to take option two. But in any of these cases, the prospect financially, regardless of what happens, unless the business closes its doors, regardless of what happens, the prospect still comes out well ahead of their current situation with their current CPA. And regardless of what the prospect chooses, my client is quite pleased to have earned this business. So in the proposal, we take these options and we make sure that they clearly tie to the value that the prospect is going to receive in working together in these possible different ways. So I tell you this story because I want you to know what is possible and what is potentially not that far away from you with some key changes in your business. And that without any shenanigans, you can be earning two or three or four times what you're currently making right now by getting away from hourly billing if you haven't already, by deeply understanding what your prospects and clients really want and what it's worth to them, and putting together powerful proposals where you serve your clients at a high level in this way with far less effort than some of the compliance and or accounting or transactional work than you may be doing right now. And by comparison, this work is something that my client two years ago probably would have billed out hourly at something like $25,000 a year. So with a more powerful proposal that connects value to investment, she's no longer leaving money all over the table and the chairs and the floor. Now, you're probably wondering, what happened? Here's what I know so far. The proposal got reworked one more time. The client met with a prospect. What I know is that the meeting went well and that they're having another meeting soon to finalize the details. So if you're out there and you have a proposal to write, let me share with you a few top tips that you want to be sure to include or exclude from your proposals. Number one, Get tax code jargon out of your proposal if your prospect isn't going to understand it. Watch out for phrases like subject to internal revenue code section 40968X. If your prospect doesn't know what that is, keep it out of there. In the same way you might find it difficult to understand legalese, your prospect probably finds it difficult to understand accounting ease. So have somebody who doesn't speak CPA help you get your proposal in plain English. Number two, connect the investment or the fee to the value that you provide. So that by contrast, the ROI is five to one, 10 to one, 20 to one. Number three, don't stuff your proposal with deliverables, like the number of meetings and the frequency and how long you'll meet for and who's going to take notes and what you're going to provide afterwards and so on and so forth. Remember that your prospects are buying outcomes. They're buying transformations. They're buying tax savings. 
Number four, make sure that your proposal includes mutually agreed upon objectives. And if it's not really clear to you what their objectives are, then you need to have another meeting. And if you need to have another meeting, then the step that precedes that is needing to get better at pulling out objectives from your prospect to make sure that you clearly understand what they are and they clearly understand what they are. Because how can you agree on price if you don't know the value of what they're trying to achieve? And how can you know the value of what they're trying to achieve if you don't know what they are trying to achieve? So this is a core piece, clear and mutual and agreed upon understanding of what together you're trying to achieve. Number four, make sure you have the next follow-up call or meeting scheduled. Don't simply hand over the proposal, have them review it, and then expect them to call you. Make sure you schedule a time to either look at it or go over questions and then decide how you want to move forward. And number five, provide options. When you provide options for different ways of working together, it no longer becomes a choice of do I work with this person or do I not? It becomes a choice of how do I work with this person and what makes the most sense for me given what I need and where I am. So those are just five tips for writing a better proposal. And listeners, if you have a sneaking suspicion that you're selling yourself short, if you're tired of finding tax savings on behalf of your client that are worth $250,000 to them and you invoice out at $1,200 and your client realizes the imbalance and they send you a bouquet of roses because they feel bad. And if you're ready to switch over to value-based fees and do bigger proposal kind of work at a higher level for your clients, this is something I can help you with. Go to my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com and click on the big fat red schedule time with me button. And we'll see if there's a way that I can help you get fair compensation for the value that you provide to your clients. All right, everyone, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.